Hello, and welcome to another episode of this crazy little thing called life. I'm your host, Meg Thompson, and I'm so glad you're here. I am really excited to unleash this episode onto the world. I'm so glad you're here joining me in this magical sacred coven of beautiful wisdom and co-creative magic and breaking free of bullshit. (laughs) If you're here for freedom, you're in the right place. And today's episode is with such a special guest with my dear friend and soul sister, Aurora Wellis. Aurora is a plant wisdom keeper and communicator, earth steward and tender, vitalist herbalist, flower essence maker and practitioner, channel Akashic Records healer, And, you know, in this episode, we really drop the veil and we share some deep, profound magic. This is kind of like a behind the scenes or the behind the veil look at one of our conversations when we are together. You know, we're we've become really good friends. And so I love that when we go on hikes or when we are exploring in nature or drinking tea together, these are the type of conversations that we have. And so it feels really special to share that with you guys, because Aurora is all of those amazing, magical things I just shared with you and just a really fucking awesome human being. And I'm really honored to call her a friend. And so in this episode, we talk about a lot. (laughs) We talk about working with spirit. We talk about boundaries, grief, courage, surrender, addiction, alcoholism, and releasing unhealthy coping mechanisms by working with spirit. Uh, We talk about the energetics of trauma and trauma healing and honoring the thing that we're giving away and thanking it for helping us survive. We talk about finding our edge and our power and really dropping the people-pleasing and the just like the reaction or the knee-jerk response to changing yourself or mutating yourself for other people. Um, we talk about initiation and that life, death, and being born again, that very phoenix rising experience, uh, a little bit of astrology, a little bit of, you know, initiations and surging electricity. We talk about time bending and illness. Um, over culture and breaking free from the collective consciousness. Yeah, true initiations, you know, letting everything that you thought you were, everything you knew, everything you expected, everything you, you know, your whole life that you created, letting that go and trusting the shit out of what's happening in your transformation process. And we individually share our own experiences with that. This is pretty behind the scenes and behind the veil conversation. You probably hear my son screaming in the background. Perks of um, recording at my home office. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I I really wanted to share a little bit of our magic that we co-create together because we are doing a masterclass together as well. And so before every podcast episode, before I have a guest on, we sit and we drop into meditation and then we set an intention. And usually I run that, but for this particular episode, Aurora and I co-created it. And I dropped that in because I thought it was really cool to experience uh, for you. And I thought you would enjoy that journey. And so you will, the podcast starts off going on this journey through the 
through our grounding and our and our meditation, our guided healing, and then we dive into the meat and the magic. And um, yeah, so that being said, if you really enjoy this podcast episode and you're like, wow, I would love to dive in and and explore a little bit of what these women are co-creating, then we are going to be doing our masterclass on February 21st, and it's called Uncovering Your Own Connection to the Akasha. And it's a dive into the unseen realms where you deepen your relationship with the ancient healing wisdom of the Akasha and guardianship of your soul lineage. Yes. So I'm an Akashic record teacher, as you know, Aurora is an Akashic record practitioner. I actually taught Aurora. Um, she was in my course, Soul Purpose Academy. And of course, she has developed it and made it her own thing, which is ultimately my my biggest goal for any and all of my students is for you to take it and run with it and make it your own thing. And so she's done that so beautifully. And now I receive sessions from her and they're so wonderful and magical. Um, yeah. And so now we're going to collaborate and create this and we're going to do this master, this master class together. So if you absolutely loved this podcast episode at the end, just make sure you drop into the show notes and you click the link that says masterclass and you can save your spot. Okay, so without further ado, I give you the lovely and amazing Aurora Wellis of Lawless Botanics. Welcome to the Crazy Little Thing Called Life podcast with your host, the lovely Megan Thompson. Megan is a spiritual life and business coach, a Kashik record practitioner, and all things crushed velvet lover. If you're keen to create more than just a living, but a life and business you love, you're in the right place. Bursting with practical and spiritual tools, tips and tricks that you can enact today to get out of your own bloody way. So grab a cuppa and shield your wee one's ears. You can count on Megan and her guests to use cheeky adult language and inappropriate humour on this crazy little thing called life. in the east and the direction of air and spring and especially invisible power feels really important and the south and fire and summer and um and and magic fire transformative blue fire boundaries playfulness creativity and calling in the west calling in water and the womb and autumn and the edges and the release just the release the release the release and the nudges too and then in the north calling in winter this place that we are now and silence and earth and darkness and the sacred knowing and the aligned and integrated shadow, subconscious uh, fertility, composted experiences. And then moving from the north to the east, closing the circle and remembering, letting it go, letting things fall off, and then spiraling in to the center. just acknowledging the power of us two being together and 
also um, meeting each other where we're at, wherever that is, um, in, in our car, in our room, in our chair, together in, um, in, um, in present time space continuum, no matter um, whether we're using portals of technology or in person, uh, allowing the, the quantum field to align us fully for the maximum benefit of Earth and all of her creatures, including us, so that this ceremony opens now and that this podcast is a healing, that the ceremony is a healing, that the offering that we do is service and healing and um, has quantum and quantifiable um, benefit for us and for all that we we serve and um, and for others uh, through those that we serve as well. So letting this letting this impact be like a butterfly. And then Meg, I'll I'll, I'll hand it to you for calling calling in um, our ideal client or for calling in uh, the people that will we will serve in our. Um, in our opening the portal of our work together in this way. Perfect. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So kind of coming into the mental mind and allowing that to be a stairway behind the third eye, mm, holding this, this torch to move from the third eye, from the mind down the spiral staircase through the throat into the heart and finding this cauldron, this green blue flame in the center of the heart. And just inviting Star Grandmother to be here and our personal guides, guards, and protectors to be here. And then from this heart centered space, from this space in the heart, kind of pulling forth the parts and pieces of ourselves that have been healed, that have walked through the flames, that have transformed, that are in remembrance of all the things that they've forgotten. The amnesia is gone. And then pulling forth and calling forth the parts and pieces of ourselves that are maybe still navigating a little bit of amnesia and inviting in memory and remembrance and openness and a release, spaciousness and breath. And then from this internal space within each of us, letting that be the ripple that ripples externally like a radio signal of beeping into the hearts of those who are ready to dive in in this capacity, who are wanting to wake up from any kind of amnesia, wanting to remember the things that they've forgotten, wanting to remember why they incarnated, wanting to remember their magic, their power, their abilities, their joy. And then letting this be a communion and a community of souls that have already known each other for eons, eternity, 
Just coming home to remembrance. Setting the intention that our words and our conversation today feels like solve for the soul for those who are listening. That it activates those memories and that that continues to activate in an expansion and an expansive space for them moving forward for the greatest highest good of all with an exception to none. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just saw this like massive um, like outpouring of people holding these flames at their heart or like these flame heart flames burning. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. I love starting off the podcast, always asking you, Aurora, or any of my guests to share what your particular brand of magic is that you share with the world. Oh, wow. So, uh, my particular, uh, way of engaging with magic is definitely through the natural realm. And then through um, through the you know etheric and uh, multi-dimensional realms as well, and um, you know I believe that uh, that those can really inform each other, and so I hold a lot of space for you know as we engage with plants and plant spirits and the natural world as alive. So I've really come to understand that I'm an animist in the, in the purest and, and that um, so much of uh, what I'm looking for when it comes to outside myself is actually communion. And so I've really leaned into sharing that communion with the mystery and then allowing that to then inform, you know, inside, because I've started to realize too, like, what am I looking for inside? And for me, that's, you know, um, alignment with my soul lineage and, and clearing things that are not mine, which um, I then love, love to offer to others as well. And, and I've realized that that's another form of communion. So it's sort of this, you know, um, this inner and this outer that weave together, you know, in our own lived experiences. And so, you know, I'm an alchemist, I'm a channel, um, I'm a tender. I love farming and being with plants. I love tending, you know, my family and my community. Um, and, and I, and I believe that magic is a lived experience, basically like, you know, kind of miracles that, that occur and then continue to inform us about the possibility. And then we, we take the lid off of, of what we think is possible and things just keep getting better and better and better yeah 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 you're it's like you're such a you know so for those of you who are listening Aurora and I have known each other for a while and we've gotten to experience a lot of each other's magic and you know you are like Aurora has the most incredible garden you put gardens to shame it's so incredible (laughs) thank you I mean I've been at it for a while and um and you know like so many of my my things in life I just I try and let spirit guide me and so I ask, you know, what, what, what wants to be planted? How does it want to be worked with? And then I couple that with, um, 
you know, pretty intense amount of um, investigation too into how other um, how other farmers do it, studying biodynamics, um, studying permaculture. So I really try and create, you know, integrated space where the where the plants can thrive because I'm using them a lot of times for medicines too. So I try and hold it where it's like, it's for the garden for its own sake, you know, and then having the bees. So it's for the bees sake. And then it's for the sake of being in the garden. And then, and then we get that um, amazing added benefit of being able to work with the medicines too. Yeah. 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 Gardening definitely takes over my life starting pretty soon here. (laughs) a good solid part of it you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and it's 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 beautiful you know and it's it's inspirational for me we for those of you listening we're neighbors and so you know we we live and tend very similar land although mine's backed up into the woods um but yeah and your garden is yeah your garden spaces are developing too which is really cool to watch you know because gardening is such a lineage pursuit really when you start to devote yourself to it you know it's a devotion and um and I think I remember telling you a few years ago that I had this freak out of like I only have like 45 years probably of this left you know because I'm 47 now so I feel like when I was like 45 I was like I'll probably be able to really keep doing this until I'm at least 90 And that's just not enough time. The plants and the seasons and the elements teach me so much every year. Mm. Um, But of course, the land and the plants and the seasons and the elements, you know, they keep really, really providing and kind of blowing my mind with what, what, you know, they can actually do um, with this, you know, devoted tending in a really short amount of time. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you introduced to me the, even the idea or the understanding of plant spirit communication, you know, I was like spirit, mm. plant spirit communication. It felt mm-hmm. very resonant. Like it felt like, Oh, that makes sense. Internally. It felt very resonant. But then I was like, I don't know what that means. How do you communicate yeah. with the spirits of the plants? Yeah. And then in the course of us, you know, of course, getting to know each other and spending lots of time in the woods together and, you know, just yeah. taking your medicines, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. It's really shifted to understand that, you know, there is so much communication going on all the mm. time and so few of it. So, so um, it's so minimally words coming out of our mouths. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, when I, when I first started to communicate with plants, it was through full initiation and I now know too, you know, cause you know that I love astrology and love to like learn about what transits are happening when, or were in the past. And I was having a really major transit of Pluto, um, going over my natal Mercury. So becoming conjunct with my natal Mercury and, um, and I became really, um, really hard to communicate with for human beings or you know I had and I ended up like all all those mercury retrograde things like I um you know I I was surging like electricity at that time and I was never able to make it anywhere on time let alone even know what time really was (laughs) which made it really hard I'm glad I, I I like 
I don't know how I, how, how I really survived it. But the other thing that happened was plants started to communicate with me, you know, and, and as you know, my belief now is that this was always going to happen. Like a lot of us that carry medicine, um, a part of the way that it initiates or wakes up in us is through um, what can look like illness or what is described from overculture as illness. And, um, and of course, you know, doctors and family and, and um, you know, everybody was really, really worried about me because I was off. I just all of a sudden started going off trail all the time. And I would be coming back with just plants in my hands and knowing what all the medicine was. And I was overwhelmed, like, look at all this medicine that's all around us. And my family's like, I'm hungry. Like, <laughs> we're late to get to grandma's, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, but they wanted to, you know, that there was a real strong um, kind of desire at that time for, for me to become medicated through and to control these impulses. And, and the plant, the plants were so helpful because they kept uh, signaling to me that it was really important and really valid what I was doing and that this was going to also be something that I was going to hold space for others to do in the future and carry, um, carry medicine that people needed. And what would happen is they would give me a teaching mm -hmm. and then with the, the dream, the living dream within 24 hours, the person who needed that medicine, which I previously hadn't known about at all, would come into my space mm -hmm. and not only that but they would open a lot of times with it like I've been dealing with this and lay it out and I'm like oh my gosh I'm making the medicine for that right now because a plant told me to mm -hmm. and so those that level of um, natural world animist magic coupled in with um, you know the shared life experience of people who were just genuinely in need yeah you know that really helped me um hold the space of this is important and even though it doesn't look like the ideal kind of it, it didn't look like or feel like the ideal of what I wanted my life to be like I knew that it was leading me somewhere um which is why I think illness is so sacred too. You know, communicating with plants is really sacred, but so are the symptoms of whatever we're experiencing, even if it feels like hardship. No. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I feel like those two, you know, there's always more than just two. It's not, it's not like we live in a dual world the way that it's kind of tried to convince us. But um it's great when we start remembering like, wow, maybe we, you know, when they say we are walking each other home, plants are like, they've been there with us from the beginning and they've been holding this mystical communion that's available for us. As soon as we either get kind of pushed into it through initiation or start doing the practices that people that have done it before us offer right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is so cool now to be able to be like hey like what if we tried doing these things and learning from plants you know or in all spirit before we're in a crisis yeah so that we have the tools and we have that relationship that interwovenness um you know the trust is there basically 
yeah, it's almost like a, a preventative care, you know, being like a tender or a guardian of yourself, right? Guardian yeah. of yourself and your own beingness. Yeah. Although I do think that initiations are unavoidable, you know? Yeah, girl. I think so too. You know, I'm just all, all, all about softening the landing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, you know, here's some pillows. It doesn't have to be like, because you know, there are points where, yeah, we have to initiate, we have to go through the threshold, we have to jump over the ledge, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it doesn't have to necessarily be this bare bones, hard rock bottom, you know? No, no I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I want to actually unpack that a little bit because it makes me think a lot of, um, even people I know who've been doing this kind of work, either tending to their hearts or, you know, some kind of mystical practice, some kind of healing work, coaching, whatever. Um, We think we got it, right? Oftentimes we're like, yeah, we got this. Totally got this. I can navigate this. I can do the things, right? And then something in life will come up. I'm thinking of a friend, an example right now who I recently spoke to. And she was just, she's always been like very open and happy and like everything I can figure out anything. And I love how there's a giant cattle truck driving by me as I'm saying this. (laughs) (laughs) I got this. (laughs) Um, But, you know, she's in a really, she's in an initiation period. It's really hard. And she said to me the other day, she's like, I never say these things, but it's really hard to be me right now. It's really Mm. hard to be me right now. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I understand that. And I think that sometimes we need to be humbled by Mm. life and not, like you said, land on some soft pillows, but still be humbled enough to, Mm. to be human and recognize that sometimes it is just, it's just hard and, and that's okay. You're not going to live in it forever. Like we were just talking about how I'm angry about, you know, certain systems in, in place in the world and and I'm not going to be stuck in that forever. Yeah. But there is that initiation space where I almost wonder if, um, and actually this friend said this to me, she said this years ago, sometimes I feel like we go intentionally go on a path of like away from our magic, away from ourselves. So that when we come back to it, we're almost like more in love with everything again, it's like, Oh God, I've so remember this. I remember how much I, I am magic. I remember how much I am capable. I remember how powerful I truly am, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm just curious yeah. how that sits with you and what your experience is with that kind of situation. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's both. And, you know, um, I also feel like, um, in the, like, so there's basically, there's like times that are kind of hard. There's like small initiations. And those are the ones where we like still know who we are. We're like, it's hard to be me, but then there's the, like the full on initiation, which is literally like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be the same again. And it is a literal, like there is so you are pushed so far past the point of where you have to let go of everything you're like you know that that's what I understand now like exactly like what the difference between like a true what I what at least I mean maybe there are even 
bigger, of course, it probably are, but there's like the true initiation, which is literally where you're like, I have to let everything go that I thought I was, that I thought I knew about anything that I expect from the future. And I just have to trust the shit out of whatever it is that we're honing ourselves into or being honed into through that transformation process. And that's the one where it's so scary. And at the same time, like while we do have guides, while we do have help, there will come a moment in that experience where it is pretty much only us and like a light that we carry. And when we get in, you know, when we come back, I think there's a lot. um, I would say that whatever the changes that we go through, there's less gymnastics on the other side. There's less like I'm going to change for anybody else which is kind of a one form of power that I really, um, I think is really interesting when we find our edge because we've gone over it (laughs) and then we somehow came back or we were, you know, sometimes you just almost get dropped off. It's like being storked into rebirth, you know, and it is, Mm -hmm. it does feel like death and it does feel like being born again. And it, and sometimes you know, you know, you've done it too. Cause you're like, Oh my God, I'm me again. Like it's you and it's less than you were. And it's more than you were. And even though it's you, it'll also never be the same again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, they're def- really, 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 really defining. And they usually, I think, um, elevate your service they elevate your like um, ancient memory, you know? And so um, then, you know, it can make it more of like a celebration, you know, like, okay, when you're in in a time that's like hard or confusing, okay, I have, I I know, I know that um, I have some experience in this, you know? So it can be like mini deaths, I think is a great way to, um to work with that energy and you know um and i think we can really support ourselves in that energy by um looking at whatever it is that we're resisting and doing it and and that's where you know where i think that either being practiced at mini deaths or having gone through something that was bigger and having let it change us then then it's, it's like, okay, I know, I know what this, the, I've got like some idea about the signs here. And I know that as much as it's probably might maybe going to piss me off or things are going to change for a while, or I'm going to have to um, create some really big boundaries. It becomes really important to do that thing with, with maybe courage or maybe surrender or maybe freaking out grief, you know, but do the thing that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, what's so interesting about those energetics to me too, is that it's often something that's really not working for us that we don't want and that we've been wanting to get rid of maybe even for a while, let's say like a belief or something. And so if there's trauma around it though, you know, if it was maybe formed or given to us at a time of trauma, we could become attached to it because we energetically will have some kind of survival with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, and and so what it really 
there's a, a real need for being gentle while we continue to do the work, you know, so honoring, honoring the thing that we're giving away and thanking it for helping us to survive and thanking it for having been an ally. Like, you know, um, a great example, um, yeah, I mean, gosh, there's just so many examples, but one that I would just say for me was like, when I really finally gave up alcoholism, which also I gave up like, um, a lot of different forms of, um, of coping that were non-beneficial, like shopping when I was stressed out. Um, uh, those are the two that I'm just going to like say right now. Cause it would be like, Oh, I would be sober for a while. And then I would like shop. Mm-hmm. you know and I would suddenly have like really great style going but like I was still not feeling the feelings that that um that I had been avoiding really skillfully with drinking and then the feelings would come back and then I would have to relapse or I would have to drink again or I would get crazy anxiety that I would have to cope with in some other way yeah yeah you know and so when I knew when I was like okay I'm going to work with spirit and ask for help with not drinking anymore because I knew that it wasn't gonna it was wasn't gonna work in my life anymore I knew that I was also gonna have to put on the table um you know shopping and um and that's just the one that I'll use right and like and that that meant I was gonna have to feel whatever feelings of like self-worth or trying to get immediate gratification um, rather than dealing with what, what was going on, you know? And that, that would be an example for me of like an initiation that I, I'd been pushed into. It was really obvious symptomatically on the outside that I had to do it, but I chose that. I chose that letting that threshold go and letting those old coping mechanisms die. Whereas there can be the other ones, like an illness, like, um, like what I was describing where, where, um, where it was perceived as an illness, but it was really just like an energetic change, the, the plant communication. Yeah. So there was like a gift and a medicine that were coming, was coming through. And that moved a lot of trauma that had to come up and out because the trauma was stored in the channel. Yeah. Yeah. And physically, right. Stored in, in your physical body too. Stored in a physical body too. Yeah. And all these bodies. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And there, it's it's so amazing um, what allies they are. And what this comes back down to too is that I believe overculture doesn't tell us that it's, you know, it's not actually like attractive to feel. It's This is from overculture. I don't agree with that. I think it's very attractive to cry you know, get real, real with your grief, have super hard days where you have to just go ahead and say, Hey, I can't make that. I don't want to do that. I need to take Epsom salt baths and go for like a hike and hang in in a cuddle pile with my kids and my animals, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But if we're living according to externalized value systems, which is how, how would we not, unless we ever figure out that there's other options. Yeah you know, then we're trained into like stuffing all of our feelings and pretending like everything is fine all the time. Yeah. And I can speak to that personally, like, you know, for you, your initiation was very, very physical and very, of course, energetic as well, but 
this illness came up. And for me, my, my initiation that felt like my entire world was crumbling was getting pregnant at 23, giving birth. (sighs) And then within a, within a year, my dad dying. And it was just like, Whoa, you know? And then it was, I was like, and then by the time all of that happened, my Saturn return came and I was like, Mm -hmm. I knew nothing was right. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like nothing externally was right, but I didn't know how to change it. Mm. And, and the reason I'm sharing this is because it all comes back to that knowing, right. That, that voice can be so quiet when you're tapped into that overculture, like you're saying, you're describing as that overculture when you're tapped into the external um, value system, when you're tapped into believing the collective consciousness is reality air quotes mm-hmm. right right but and that's where these practices come in so for me it was I I mean I'm a New Yorker through and through I had never slowed down I'd wake up drink coffee do all the things blah 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 blah. and so when I started meditating right and like consistently meditating <laughs> I was like oh my gosh wow there's this like brilliant voice inside of me and at first mm-hmm. it was like what's that you know and it, I'm, I would assume it might be really similar with the plant communication right it was like mm-hmm. oh it was just like it clicked and made so much sense yeah you know? but then all the scary action came okay this makes more sense than everything else but how do yeah. I how do I bridge <laughs> from here mm-hmm. to there and for me it was like my entire world set on fire Right, And it was like, it was, it was so hard. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, you know, it was like, same. Yeah. So much. Yes. There was so much Mm -hmm. beauty in, in my knowing and going deeper and deeper and deeper into that knowing. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels like, you know, I've decided I will, I no longer am giving advice to anybody moving forward in like my life. Right. I'm no longer advice giving, please don't come to me for advice. Um, I hear you. (laughs) <laughs> like that has, that creates some like really uncomfortable Karma. power over power under situations yeah. that I don't want. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so my friend who reached out to me recently, she was like, how did you know when you were like going through this flaming hot experience of your life burning down? Like, mm-hmm. what did you do or whatever? And I was just like, I just trusted the knowing. Mm-hmm. I just trusted mm-hmm. the knowing. And it sounds so simple and it might sound a little trivial, but it's like, that's really it. That's all yeah. I did was I just, I cried and I wrapped myself in my ice cold ice box of a house that I lived in because I lived yeah. in Idaho and I had no money. And I, I just cried and I trusted the knowing. Yeah. 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 And you know, and I know, you, so like, there's a couple of things that are coming up for me. I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And that sounds like you, you know, when you, you got a, a kind of a double thing there. And I think a lot of us do, right? Like we break with the overculture, which is kind of that externalized authority or um, need for approval or, you know, all, all that stuff, but the things that they tell us is real versus unreal. You know, um, a big one that I unwove for myself a couple of years ago was ever using the words, the real world, as opposed to the one that I live in. And I just made a hard, like, fuck that line. And was like, I live in the real world. And I know that because, you know, if I'm like lost off trail after I've been, you know, um, shamanically walking with plants and receiving medicine, 
a hawk will show up and guide me back out. And you can't get more real world than an animal engaging in your medicine journey and leading you back to the trail or your car or the things that you had set down in the vast wildness. And, and no longer do I need anybody else to believe me that that happened or to tell me whether or not my experience is true. Mm-hmm. So I live in the real world and have something to share with people and they're welcome to, to join me. You know, and that, that was like, whoa, that's like power. That's so cool, you know, because I knew too then that that was going to lead me into a bunch of you know, more of the smaller initiations or thresholds around where am I actually still attaching to that in, 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 a, in, a, in survival ways or like my inner child still carrying um, some, some needs that weren't potentially met when I was little that I didn't know or identify yet. So a lot of times like we can, we start honing our relationship with our own, you know, inner authority once we start going through those other deaths. So, but what, back to you, you went through the, the you were breaking with the overculture and you were actually dying as a maiden and coming into full motherhood. And that's another big thing. It's like, our, we really need, really need to die at certain points in our own lives, staying in our own skin with our same soul woven into our, you know, um, living biochemistry of our body. And, and we need support in that. It's a true need. And when our culture isn't providing it, we have to go out and maverick it, which is complicated and scary because um, it's really hard to release everything that you were without others saying and holding you and saying, I've done it before. I've done it before. You have to walk through that, that gateway there, my dear. It is your gateway and yours alone. We'll be on the other side. I did it. I did it. And I know you can too, you know, and it makes it like, okay, like I'm taking off, you know, whatever, all my proverbial clothes and I'm running naked through the gateway and I'm scared shitless. But I have like my sisters, my aunts, my cousins, my, um, you know, my sisters through friendship um, and they're, they're beating the drum or they're singing with me and they're, they're shining their radiance mm-hmm. of, um, you know, and, and another form of communion of like, hey, this is possible, you know, yeah. and, and then teaching too, like, hey, if you make this offering you know, to yourself, to your child self, maybe in an actual ceremony and creating these like initiations and thresholds as ceremony is another thing that I find really helpful in my everyday, you know, everyday day-to-day journey through like the seasons, through the celestial and the fire holidays, and then through the, the, the turns of the seasons, you know, with family or with, um, you know, with aging or with coming into uh, more sovereignty or guardianship with my business or um, with um, what, what I'm holding with the mystery is to, you know, create a ceremony and then walk outside maybe with, um, with a medicine that I grew like tobacco, you know, that, that grows so well with me that I'll have often like seven different kinds that I'm choosing from, from seed 
and and you know that that plant has so much nitrogen and it, it'll it feeds other plants when you leave it for them physically in that kind of a materialist like scientific way of understanding offering and then it also feeds the spirit it's a spirit that feeds our spirit that feeds the spirit of the other plants and it weaves us back into belonging to make offerings like that mm-hmm. so while we're going through changes which can be somewhat like dismantling and make us feel alone or isolated even if we have community then we can take further action and do ceremony and offerings which weaves us back into belonging to the earth herself and all the spirits that are alive and around us. You know, and that's, that's, that's what I see too, like, you know, in our lives, since we've known each other, we do a lot of that kind of work together. We do it within our businesses, but we also do it together and for each other mm-hmm. to where it's almost like we're creating like this heartbeat in our adult womanhood life that has this resonance that makes all of that kind of stuff, those memories wake up more even within it. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I feel like I don't do initiations as alone anymore because I know now I need help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I make an offering when I need help or, yeah. or, um, a call on um, spirit, a great one that one of my main guides, Billy Moore, has offered recently is um, uh, wrap yourself in a blanket of stars, mm, he says. I love that. It's so good. And it's like when you're going to sleep, I notice like, wow, like if somebody was sick in my family or maybe we're having like different views around something that's been happening for me lately. Um with people that have a little bit more of what I would call like consensus point of view about what's going on um, with uh, with the world and like they're more linked into kind of, you know, media narratives. Um, and it, it can feel hard because I'm like, this is another form of being really alone. Belly Moore is like, just pull this blanket of stars up. This is one of your oldest allies. All of you used to sleep with blankets of stars wrapped around you. And it suddenly makes like the dream space more accessible, which is another great way to work with initiations or hard times, mm-hmm. you know, cause we could notice like, oh, if I'm having a lot of conflict in my dream, that blanket of stars might chill it out. Or if it's still there, we can see, is it power that's seeking us that we're afraid of? Or is it action in our lives that we're not taking? <laughs> which often we can be afraid of too. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Good old resistance. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love that. I love this blanket of stars. And for me, you know, my go-to has always been, and I know this evolves, but usually Reiki in the shower and just like letting it wash over me. And then sometimes just praying it out. You know, I can, I'm like, oftentimes I'm carrying way too much can you just take some of this God, divine universe? Like, I know I don't have to carry it all by myself. So let's, let's just, I'm going to give it up to you and I'm going to let you take some of this from me. Um, Yeah. You know, or morphic field or working with, you know, all of that has been, been super helpful for me. 
But, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit, I, I love using myself as an example because it feels like for me in, in this realm, it's so important for me to continue to be as human as I am for listeners um, right. to, to really break that power over power under situation. Right. Right. You know, my big goal is that if I could do it, like you can do it. You know, <laughs> if I can do it, yes, you can do it. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you know, we do do a lot of magic together and, and we do co-create a lot of magic together and apart and then on our land and, and, and integrating all of that. For me personally, you know, I've been, I have felt so isolated. Um, and sometimes I feel like I need to feel isolated so mm-hmm. I can remember how many helpers there are. Like Mm -hmm. my isolation is almost self-inflicted by this like perpetuation. And I know a lot of listeners navigate this too, of like, I can do it myself. Oh, that's so interesting that you said that. Cause when you were finishing your story, just before you, you came into this, I was thinking, I need to ask her if she always was the person who asked for help or if after these initiations, you became uh, more willing or like even, yeah, willingness. I had one. to. Oh, I mean, right? so I, when we, when Bella's dad and I separated, I had like negative $20 and I was homeless with a toddler oh, and I like, wow. it, was, it was so hard. Scary. It yeah. was really scary, mm-hmm. you know? And so I had to ask for help and I live in, right. you know, I lived in Tahoe at that point. I didn't have any family or really any friends. I was really isolated. Um, and so I started going, I mean, there's like a whole bunch of stories, but I ended up ultimately like a big initiation that kind of continued on with that was around money and self-worth. And Mm. I kept meeting people who were like very well off and I, mm-hmm. they would know, they would see that I would be in a situation and I would have to ask for help, like to borrow money from people that I barely knew, which was like, so scary, you know? Yeah. And I remember two times I asked two different people for money to borrow money and I would pay them back um, three times actually. And the one man, he like, don't, he, he gave me, I think $500 and I was like, okay. And so then I, I, I was going to pay him back within a certain amount of time. And I had, I like found some lucky pennies on my way to the church that I met him at. We went to the um, center for spiritual living, which is where I met him. And I gave him these like two lucky pennies. And I was like, Oh, I thought I saw these. And I thought of you. Um, They're very lucky. And I want you to have them. And he was like, thank you. You don't owe me anything. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, I said, the moment you would pay me back anything, whatever it was, you wouldn't owe me anything else. And so he just gifted me like 500, what, $499 and 98 cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just really beautiful. And then my friend at the time too, when I first like tried to get to this house and, you know, it was just really hard. Um, I asked if I could borrow $200 or something from them. Mm-hmm. And I did. And then I paid them back with like some interest. And years later, like probably three or four years later, her husband just sent me a check for like $300. And I was like, what is this for? And he was like, I just felt so terrible that I made you pay back this money when you were a single mom with a toddler. 
He's Aww. like, so here's this money back. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and then, and then the service of receiving is really in both those stories for me too, mm-hmm. because receiving like, I mean, wow. Like, I mean, I've been doing a lot of work, I would say in the last couple of years, particularly around like self-worth and money, mm-hmm. because I could align with money when it was in magical ways. Like, for example, people just used to just, well, and they still do when I, when I align with like magic, like just give me stuff randomly. Like I'd be going to buy a truck. I remember when I moved to, to, to Tahoe, um, I needed a truck. And of course I'm looking at like these cool older trucks, right? Like I didn't want like a Tacoma or something fucking normal and reasonable. I wanted like something old and weird. So I looked at a 1984 Chevy Blazer K5, which was like a rock. Like it was just so cool looking and like just huge. And I was like, oh, I'll be able to get anywhere in that. And then this Jeep Comanche truck. And the guy with the Jeep Comanche truck, he lived on the lake and I... I, um, I went there and I was like, oh man, yeah, I love this. And I, it popped in my head. Wow. It'd be so cool if he just gave me this truck, (laughs) (laughs) but like, you know, not doing anything for it or anything, just like pure gift. Right. And so then I was like, I'm going to buy it. And I went back over there and I was like, I had whatever it was, a thousand dollars. And he was like, I'm giving you this. You remind me of my daughter and I can. And I was like, you know, me, I used to want to reject being given to, even though I literally had manifested through my own thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, and desire and like that frequency of willingness yeah, is kind of probably what like was in being engaged with. And then as soon as he was offering it, I got hit with all this, like, oh my God, can I take that? Is that okay? I don't know if I'm allowed to, I don't know if that I'm good enough for that you know, and I had to really like move a bunch of energy in order to receive that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, the receiving, like in the, the, the amounts that we're talking about 500, 200, a thousand, I mean, money is money and that's valuable. And that that's, uh, those are significant amounts. And at the same time, you know, those are, those are, uh, amounts that should be super accessible. Like it's not, it doesn't, it, it, those aren't like amounts that are going to really hurt or change somebody's, um, where they're at, if they have a, a fair amount of money and they can offer that to someone, let's say like, who's trying to get established or has a toddler, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the energetics of, of receiving, it's really, really interesting. It is. And it, and it, it's that willingness, right? The energy of willingness and the energy of joy and the energy of Mm. gratitude and the energy Mm -hmm. of worthiness. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and something that I practice a lot with, with, you know, clients and is like receiving compliments first is like the first, you know, initiation or the first step in that is being able to receive like compliments and not just like you're beautiful, although that's fine. Yeah. Receive that. But like, thank you. You've really, the work that you're doing in the world has really impacted my life. And I'm really grateful for that. You know, yeah. like, can you lean yeah. into that and receive that? I know the first time mm-hmm. that I had like a swarm of those kind of 
compliments. I was like in the car sobbing. My husband's like, what's yeah. up? And I'm like, everybody's just getting such good results. And I'm so <laughs> grateful. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, okay. That's good. Isn't yeah. It? I'm like, yeah, it's really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And I feel like for me, like where I've been at, it's around receiving, um, uh, like being seen, being valued, and also um, with support, right? Like other people um, meeting meeting my needs without me having to always um, kind of assert anything. So mm-hmm. it's like a release of control a little bit, mm, and like an allowing, that. right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and with money too, like for me, I, I had to really realize that like, I, I, I was really good at getting money and I could get a lot of money and then I would need to get rid of it immediately. And, I, and I'm still working, you know, with that shadow. It's been interesting, like, and, and kind of more fun. It's like, I'm allowing it to be more fun, mm-hmm. but you know, um, like last year I was seeing a lot of increase in, in money flow through a lot of shadow work. Right. And I think shadow work is, is, probably people want more money mm-hmm. like in my experience more shadow work you, yeah you, you know and if you feel stuck in any way around energy flowing um which is kind of how I've come to understand money like shadow work totally. you know and and um and so I was re- I was doing all the shadow work around worthiness around um capacity to to generate and that kind of stuff and then I was getting these large flows and then large bills would arrive literally the day after so that there was no, and what I noticed is like, okay, wow, this can also be a little bit of like a learning process from the universe, like without freaking out and being like, no, fuck that. And mad at the thing and like resentful about the money going out instead remaining in a really high state of gratitude, mm-hmm. which will require then more shadow work, right? Being, being grateful for having the like ability to, to put money out yep. and then realizing, oh, I'm also grateful for seeing that I have an ability to receive, which is limited in that I need to get rid of it immediately. Mm-hmm. So it's like receiving and holding and allowing things to stay. And then, you know, big light bulb for me too, because one of the, my like key things on my manifestation lists is around, um, you know, elevated stewardship, ability to, um, ability to be generous. Right. And so it's like, okay, what does that mean? Like, oh, well maybe, um, having space where other people can come or, or having, um, the ability to, you know, offer some of my services for, for free or for, um, sliding scales, um, or more land that I can help tend the animals and, um, and, um, the creatures that are there or experiences that I can generate on the land that can be of service to others and their healing, which really clearly like in November and December, I was able to see, okay, wow. I need to look at like my own wellspring, my own, um, my own space within myself. That's sort of my capacity to hold and receive space, which I look at as like a pool, like a sacred pool. 
and like see where does it have holes you know and that's where i'll get into the multi-dimensional stuff within myself so it'll kind of go from like that pool to then like what's the belief that's creating the leak in this pool you know and is it like um you know, sometimes for me, like, cause I've, I've worked enough on some of the, not enough. There's I've always, you'll always spiralically revisit things. Like I'm unworthy, but it would be more like, um, I won't be wanted unless there's a problem that I'm helping to fix, mm-hmm. or I won't be able to survive if, um, if I'm not like, um, for me, I think I realized it had to do with like problems and, and needing to be the one that was like filling that hole. So almost like, you know, throwing myself under some kind of bus or throwing like my recent abundance, like back into the pot, you know, mm-hmm. which it felt good to be able to do. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, is there a belief that's generating that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if I can heal, like that there has to be a problem for me to fix in order for me to feel valued, will it also then play into my capacity to hold um abundance which then can help me be more of a steward more service more of a guardian of my own um life through aligned beliefs and actions exactly and it I mean it just is like such a beautiful example of how you know, we were talking about this before I started recording the podcast, but how like we think that oftentimes, you know, in the in world in our lives, we think that we need to change something externally first in order mm. to have that internal resolution. Mm-hmm. But it's never that way, you know. And yeah. and of course, that's like my spiralic journey. I've learned that probably 150 times, and I'm sure I will probably learn mm-hmm. it 150 more times. Um and it might, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, it's actually never outside. You know, it's never, mm-hmm. ever, ever, and it's never has been outside. But like my anger about some external things happening in the world is an opportunity to remember mm-hmm. to come back inside and see how I'm hooked into it. How yeah. What belief is, are you hooked into? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And of course, coming back to the shadow work you know, like it's such a, it's, I want to share this story and this was just kind of like a right term, but it was so interesting to me because, you know, we've been talking about shadow work. I've been doing shadow work for a while, like all the things. Right. And I more and more, my shadow work is not about me. Like I get into the shadows and I'll do shadow work. And I mean, recently one of my shadow work adventures was like, I was the shadow. And I was like, Oh, that's fascinating and makes a lot of sense. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're the shit starting, like conflict oriented, not enough part of the whole picture. Oh, yeah, it's me. It was all Mm -hmm. me. Um, Mm -hmm. but I went in to do some shadow work the other day in the bath and it was like a wave, not like a wave, like a tsunami wave Mm -hmm. of puzzle pieces. And each puzzle piece was a person. 
Mm. And it was like, I was like, okay. And I could see the cord that tethered me into this tsunami wave and it kept coming, smashing, smashing. And you know how Mm. like on earth, the, the waves in the ocean are affected by the moon. Right. But when a tsunami would be an earthquake, but anyway, it wasn't the moon. It was Pluto. And I was like, I was like, okay, this is fascinating. And it was like, will you receive Pluto Mm -hmm. and integrate Pluto fully so you can unhook Mm -hmm. from this wave or not? And I was like, and I felt tremendous fear. I was like tremendous fear, but Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to continue to be this like cycle of tsunami waves. And so I was like, okay, I might die. Everything might change. The whole world Mm -hmm. might change in my life, but I will integrate Pluto. Mm -hmm. And so I did, you know, and, and then I've been thinking about it because I was just in it, you know, it wasn't like logically thinking about it. I was just in the, of course. And then I've been referencing back to it and I'm like, of course, like, collective consciousness wise in the United States specifically, specifically, we're about to have a Pluto return. Well, that, and also Venus is in retrograde and she's been, you know, she was in her forward movement. She went conjunct to Pluto. So it's like the, she's the planet of like earthly experiences, you know, beauty and also money. And, um, and then, you know, when she went, uh, retrograde past Pluto, there's been, she, it, it, this has been a real underworld journey for, mm-hmm. uh, for Venus. And so, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me that through that, that part of, of yourself being in the underworld, it would be like, and here's Pluto, right? And because you want to be integrated with that when, when you approach this, this is what I would call a part of your multidimensional health and hygiene and wellness leading you to, here's how you get some fucking pillows underneath you for something (laughs) that is happening. It Mm -hmm. will be happening with a Pluto return. Mm -hmm. So as you do the work that's assigned right now through the transits that are in the air that are, you know, in that blanket of stars. And so they're offering and, and rather than having resistance saying, okay. And, and what I love about that story too, is that you're like, I fucking thought I was going to die. And it was in your bathtub, in your head, you know, (laughs) but when you start to get to know the power of this inner alchemy, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm transmuting beliefs around, um, what, it takes for me to be able to be alive and be sovereign and what, um, what is actually going on in my underworld and my subconscious, if it integrates and there's this fear there that I'm going to die when I know on another, like more um, inner authority level that I'm actually going to be okay. And I'm, it's just, it's fear. I'm feeling fear. I'm going to lose attachment to the beliefs that have been keeping me in the same um, recurring set of, of circumstances, you know? And that's something that I've been really letting kind of wash over me in, in a gentle way is that when I stay in my trauma or the beliefs that were generated through it, I create more of the same. And I, it's necessary. You just can't, you can't, there's nothing else that can happen mm-hmm. because the symptoms are trying to show us that that's what's going on. It's not like we're being punished. They're just, the symptoms are like the map 
Yeah. And, and we treat it when we, that's when we treat them with honor. Like, wow, thank you so much tsunami Mm -hmm. for showing me that I'm letting, you know, all these other people, which I would say is probably their, your need for their approval or your rejection of their love or your fear of um, being seen in your fullness, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, thank you for showing me that I was holding these beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to go ahead and just toss them the fuck out. Totally. <laughs> and then, and then, and then you do that inside too, you know, that inner belief work. I mean, that's inside and then it will, it can change the frequencies so much that your life will be the exact same, but it will feel like miracles have happened. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you can receive your husband's love or you can sit with your child and receive the love and the the need that they have for you and that like admiration and devotion instead of feeling like triggered or afraid of it or something, you know? Yeah. 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 And for me, you know, it's often not a um, cognitive, like I'm letting go of this belief, you know, Mm -hmm. so often. And I, I wonder if that's just me or if it's very, it's very visceral for me or it's very, um, image when I'm in the inner world, I can see images so clearly of what's happening. Right. And I, and for me, that's where Reiki comes in. It's like such Mm. an ally. Reiki is such an ally to close up holes in my energetic body, which could be those Mm. belief systems. Right. And Mm -hmm. to fuel new energy towards a new belief system. So of course, before Pluto's shadow adventure, I was doing all of this work around my solar plexus. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my guides have been having me name them a little bit more often because for one, they want me to see sometimes how it's almost like a non sequitur, some of the beliefs, because for me, um, having had a pretty, uh, really hard challenging childhood, um, a lot of the beliefs were formed by a, a, a girl that was afraid, hurt, alone, you know, abused, neglected, abandoned, these things. And, but the, the, the way the logical mind then works, it's different. And she didn't know that it wasn't her fault. And she also um, had a lot of like rage and anger that would have been really, really dangerous. And she wasn't allowed to express mm-hmm. it because she wouldn't get the approval and things like that. So I can sometimes find these beliefs that are like, they're, I've come to look at them as like operating systems. And it's like, if you keep getting like too many programs or, or operating systems or whatever in a technology, then the, how is the technology supposed to work up to its most beneficial um, performance? Yeah. So as I get down into some of those like um, really uh, not true beliefs that are not a part of my core authentic essence mm-hmm. and you know I feel able to access that more from the amount of Akashic records work I've done with myself or received from others and so a lot of that past life trauma is cleared mm-hmm. and so now it's like okay I can see some of these things that would have been almost intangible or impossible to to come to because of the 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 PTSD around them yeah then naming them has been really powerful because you can see like, whoa, like one could be like, I just can't do it. And, and mm-hmm. I realized like I walked around the house sometimes saying that I literally just can't do this. I can't do this. 
was whether it was the goats got out and I had a meeting and I, and I, once I say, I can do this, I run out there three minutes, run back, somehow put myself back together. Time opens up a little bit and I sit down or I just can't do this and everything gets harder the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And so to have that belief emulating out there Mm -hmm. and then realize like, oh my gosh, I totally get why you felt that you know, it becomes like a release of the belief mm-hmm. and, and, um, the integration that happens then, and then, then that more of that soul's light can come through. So just that basic authentic. And by basic, I mean, you know, super multidimensional rainbow body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Cause it's, it adds another layer you know, and of course with like the Akashic records and the Akashic training and all the things, you know, and then your own experience diving into the Akashic records. It's like, well, when we, you know, the way that I taught it at least. Right. And I'm, and I know you've developed it in your own way and really gone with it your own way, but it's like finding that word, finding that belief system, finding that thing in the past life and then taking it and looking at it and seeing the Mm -hmm. whole experience in that past life. And then noticing how it's playing out in your you know, past life drama causing mm-hmm. past life trauma causing present life drama. Notice how it's playing out in your life, and mm. then and then making it creating a different program, right? Creating a different oh yeah, system, right? Oh but yeah, that is so different than mainstream kind of um, self help world of I believe I'm not worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. Mm. I'm worthy. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, for some people, and I and I love affirmations now because I've done enough of the clearing to where um my authentic self has started to really gather she is worthy and she does deserve things and she does want to be a, a, a steward and a tender and a guardian and so resources are important and she's responsible and trustworthy and like a lot of these wonderful words that I can now like come pouring out of me. Mm-hmm. But in the past, I'd be like, I'm worthy of money and my solar plexus would fucking hurt. I would feel sick. And the belief of I'm bad and I don't want anyone to know would be ringing in my body. But I had no like experience with my shadow. So I would instantly go into denial that I, I didn't know I had that belief running. I didn't know about that. And so I would feel like it would be playing into then a desire to not have other people know that I didn't think that I could do affirmations. Right. And they literally made me feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Come to find out the feeling is what the universe is responding to as well. So it's like, let's help her keep feeling like shit, you know? And, um, that, that I wasn't that I would say the shift into that was Akashic records and, um, and, shadow work mm-hmm. getting real clear on uh and you know we do shadow work um pretty similarly and then both really uniquely like I and I love that we've worked together so much in you know in teacher student healer friendship ways mm-hmm. I love that I learned the Akashic records from you that's that makes me so happy um and I know that we both share the axiom, you know, having this evidence of wanting, which can be really fucking triggering too. If life is (laughs) kind of shitty or like if there's conflict with partner or, um, 
where money is going down the drain. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, it's like, well, this is just internal work, right? Like you don't have to go running out there and tell your boss that you, you know, you know that you want to keep making 14 bucks an hour because you want that. Like it doesn't have to become, you know, proclamation. It's just to the inside Mm -hmm. of like, okay, what if I do secretly kind of want something that I'm experiencing. And, and what I've noticed is that what it does is it stops the fight, right? It's like that internal voice, which is like overriding the shadow a lot and telling us, I hate this. I don't want this. This sucks. This is horrible. So we're like fighting with our experience while we're also sort of wanting it. Mm-hmm. And, and a really big part of the healing for me has been clearing that inner conflict. Yeah clearing the part who's like, I don't want this and letting that part be like, I want this. I totally want this (laughs) Mm. because then when I get what I want, I don't fight with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, totally. It is. And it's all comes back to that. And, you know, I, I think that's why I've been so guided, right? I never wanted to be a shadow worker. I never wanted to mm. teach or learn the Akashic records. Like wasn't one, like when I grow up, I want to be mm. an Akashic record teacher in the shadow. Right. I was like, no, right. not at all. I didn't want any of that shit, <laughs> you know, but we get what we want ultimately deep down inside, right? Everything you're saying and we get what we need. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, when to bring it back to how we were telling the story of how I initiated, which basically was like going crazy. And I had PTSD and, and I navigated it in, um, in the way that was really kind of hard and, and scary. And, and it worked, it worked for, for me, you know, um, uh, at that time, it was not like it is now. And I, and one of the main things that my guides told me is that you have to tell the truth about this you have to tell people I am a plant communicator and I was like fuck you know because I would go to a party or get around friends some of the same people that I know now and say they're like what's going on I'm like well I communicated with some plants today and they're like okay and they like turn their back or like shun me in some way you know where I literally was that mean who's sitting alone on the park bench like nobody will talk talk to me about plants you know because it was kind of all I knew how to talk about at that time mm-hmm. and it made other people feel really uncomfortable they did not believe that it was possible yeah. and so they were relegating me into a zone of crazy that made them feel like scared of me like it might almost be like in, you know um, contagious or something and then during that time, I worked with a mentor and, um, and also realized, whoa, I'm a channel, like I'm channeling. And I got really clear on the law of consent that I can't channel for others unless we've consented to it. Mm-hmm. So I started getting better boundaries. And then, you know, the, the main group I work with, I work with a lot of guides, but the seraphim angels, them saying, when, when you're channeling, you have to say, I'm channeling. You have to now tell people I'm a channel. And I was like, fuck, because just by then it had been become kind of cool actually in some ways yeah. to be a plant communicator. And there was this growing 
interest amongst mainly women, but some men of around finding that level of communion, or can I do that too? And am I allowed to? And so knowing like, wow, I just feel like I'm just feel like I'm like a starting to be quote unquote, somewhat like normal or accepted. And now I have to start telling people on the channel. And then the next thing, you know, when I was um, in your program and my guides had told me, go into the record, start doing your own healing for yourself for 40 days. Don't tell anyone about it. And then you magically offer it as all of a sudden out of nowhere as a part of that class. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the class, you're like, I'm going to teach you guys how to be Akashic Records practitioners. And I'm like, what the fuck? How awesome is that? You know, just that magic, that resonance. I mean, I felt so seen by you in the invisible realms at that time. I love that. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm an Akashic Records practitioner. <laughs> like people are like, so you believe in past lives? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's been, you know, that's been the edge for a little while too, about being really honest around like how much relief that I believe people can get in their lives and, and how powerful it is to work with a practitioner that can help you um, integrate your your soul lineage and heal your tree of life through you know through the healing these um, past lives and and really when when you move that that trauma just like in our current incarnation what I see is that you know this power gets to rise the power of knowing yourself the power of becoming your best or most beneficial for yourself and the world version of you yeah yeah no yeah and I then mean, so who knows what we're going to be doing in like three <laughs> right <laughs> I'm a teleporter people will be like fuck girl it is enough <laughs> what do you mean you know I can't get on airplanes so I just go over exactly. to London whenever I feel like it <laughs> exactly yeah yeah we're gonna all have to be able to get through these borders somehow if we want to keep our freedom yeah oh my gosh ah, yeah. good impetus yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so juicy I mean I feel like we could probably wrap it up there because it's a beautiful conversation for so many people um but before actually before we do that I wanted to share this with you so you know in teaching the Akashic Records in that way and then us connecting and then sharing of course doing continuing to do Akashic healings for you and then you doing Akashic healings for me and then doing shadow healings for you and by this like give yeah. and receive between each other it was like I don't know if it was in a session we did or something where instead of this retrieving um or healing painful experiences mm. in the past. It was retrieving magic from the past, yeah. retrieving, you know, goodness, retrieving power, retrieving from those well past lives, you know, and yeah. that has been game changing for me. And it's not something I do yeah. constantly, but when I have the drive or the desire or the nudge mm. to do it, it's always one really trippy and two yeah. so amazing to like yeah. find these powers that are like it, incredible incredible yeah 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 definitely I hear you and it, it makes me feel a little emotional too like 
I know once I had done enough past life work with myself, because my guides had me going in for 40 days to work on myself, you know, in addition then to the program that you taught. And I don't remember if it was within that 40 day, you know, those time bound practices of always, those are big, uh, those are big pillows too, for, you know, when, when the kind of forced or the chosen initiations come, I would just throw that in there. But um, when I first witnessed some well lives, I mean, and I think I was, I think for myself anyway, I was like, I need to see a well life. I'm ready. You know, I'm, I now know that it was, it was within that 40 days and it was like, holy shit. Like it was this deepest coding around what I know that I'm bringing to the planet now. And I know you are too, right? Like bringing the possibility of knowing each other as divine of accessing, you know, innate wisdom, magic, belonging, connection as a birthright directly from earth and from, um, you know, animal, plant, uh, mushroom kingdom, you know, uh, to lurk around biome and other humans, you know? And so like really being in spaces, uh, when you witness a past life, that's well elevates what's possible between, you know, in a, in a relationships now. Right. And it like becomes like, like, a um a real faith marker like okay i'm holding this for something and walking into something like what you know because then you can start drawing on your future self and you're like okay she's got it recoded right like i just saw it and I, and now i know like she's got it recoded and so we can bring her into our field of experience in the same way that we can bring our shadow and we can integrate with our future self that knows where she's going, you know, knows how to get there she, and, and integrate that timeline. And I believe that that heals, you know, neural pathways. So it creates more possibility through belief, through the way the, the neural network is actually, you know, firing and wiring to generate a reality beyond our wildest dreams, right? or within our wildest dreams um, beyond that which people might tell us is possible, you know? And then when we hold it, which, which is so fucking cool, we hold it and then we ignite that memory in others, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is the best. Yeah. Well, the I want to leave everybody because I know there's some there's some people who are listening who are spa grads and have access to all of the Akashic stuff. And so if you haven't been doing those healings, then maybe this podcast episode was a nice friendly reminder that here you go. You have the tools and the ability to dive in to do that work for yourself. Yeah. Um, And then when you and okay, go ahead, babe. Yeah, you go ahead. I was just going to say that when you speak of this future self, you know, like there can, you can take yourself on a future self meditation and you can connect with your future self. But before I even knew that that was possible, I would meet with my future self in my dream space Mm. and she would come in and then I would wake up, you know, especially during that crazy initiation where my whole life set on fire, you know, I would just know I just knew, like, I, I knew that I was walking towards somebody being me 
who had the things I wanted, who was living the life that I wanted. I couldn't see the steps to get there very clearly, but Mm -hmm. I just kept taking the baby steps forward. And so, you know, just sharing with those to have like a practical um, journey, you know, you could set the intention before you go to bed to connect with your future self in your dream space. And then you can always take yourself on a a self-guided future self meditation, if that's something that you desire. Yeah. Yeah. And just to further highlight, like, I love to keep it really real with her. So I like to think about like, what is she kind of wearing? How is she holding herself? Um, What are her energetics? Does she feel, you know, be able to be received? And also how is she with receiving, you know, like, um, what kind of space is she holding? Um, where is she? You know, is, is she in a house that you've ever, have you ever seen it? You know, just really letting like, that's where journal work can be really cool. So you can like kind of write down all those things about her and, and you can allow your, what you, what your desires are now to inform that. Right. So if there's like a, something, a big pattern that, you know, you're wanting to, um, mend like um a partnership pattern maybe maybe she has a really uh a partner who values her sees her loves to support her has his own interests or her own interests and um is pursuing them you know is bringing a lot to the table and then you can you know vision yourself with um being the person that can hold that kind of energy and notice what the change, what, what's the difference? Where, what are the energetic shifts that she has? You know, is it through like posture? Can you tell that she does a daily Kundalini practice? You know, something like that. And then you can integrate, you can start. And one of the things that the Seraphim say to me regularly that I think is so valuable for your listeners is you're eternal. So take the pressure off. Like you, you don't ever have to do any of this. But a lot of times when you remember that you're eternal, it makes it so much easier to take one step today. Because you're like, what? Pressure's off. I have forever? Like, fuck yeah, just maybe right now. Why not? You know, it becomes a little more um, spacious and less like there's something kind of grinding and telling you that you have to or that you're supposed to. It gets to be like an act of like loving freedom. Mm, Yeah, I love that. An act of loving freedom. And it feels a lot like play too. It gets to be play, right? Because there's no pressure. Oh, I get to play in the Akashic Records or I get to go play with my future self or I get to play with, you know, past lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, next time we talk, let's talk about play and, and queenship. And how, you know, those two energies are like so woven together. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's, it really does feel like play. Yeah. And, um, and I really am experiencing that, you know, within that frequency, there's a lot of, uh, of leadership and ability to hold and be a container and know your yes and your no, mm-hmm. which becomes a real kind of queen aspect yeah very sovereign well we'll have very to do sovereign. that yeah I would love that oh <laughs> I love you I so love you much. too yes this yeah. is so special and for everybody listening Aurora and I are masterminding a little 
you know, adventure into these realms together to share with you folks in the world. And so we will be sure to um, announce that. And so the best way to hear about that is to follow Aurora on Instagram at lawless botanics, right? Yeah. At lawless botanics. Yeah. And then follow me at I am Meg Thompson. And then I'll also be sending it out in my email list um, whenever we have all the dates nailed down and the whole magic is created. And, you know, it might be in the intro. Who knows? (laughs) Cool. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait for that. And I really look forward to uh, whatever that container ends up being, you know, with, you know, of course, these um, shared tools and being led by spirit for that. And I really look forward to. Um, engaging with with whoever ends up feeling called to join us in that yeah it's a real light in my heart Mm -hmm. totally me too it'll be so so magic yeah well thank you babe thanks for being here (laughs) thank you honey Uh, I look forward to connecting with you soon and and thanks to all everyone who listened it means a lot to be able to pour my heart out to you Thank you so much, everybody, for being here and listening. And again, if you really enjoyed this episode and you want to join Aurora and I for our masterclass, that is going to be on February 21st. And we are going to be diving into so much juicy magic. And so be sure to drop into the show notes below. Click the link that says masterclass so you can reserve your spot. Space is limited. So if you know you want in, be sure to reserve your spot. And we can't wait to have you. Thanks for being here and enjoy this crazy little thing called life.